High School Slumber Party, BTE, is a Cage Club Podcast Network production. For all things Cage Club and High School Slumber Party related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, High School Slumber Party. That's High School Slumber Party. This is High School Slumber Party, the Black Teen Experience. I'm Brian Rodriguez, as always, and we're joined, of course, two people today, but first, of course, always, Kirkland Shepard. Kirk, have you been? Welcome back. It's been a while, I feel like. I know. It has been. How long has it been? Uh, I don't know. A good month and a half. Whatever. All right. All right. I'm feeling good, though. I'm feeling good. It's a busy season now. It's a busy social season, so scheduling is hard, but we got together, and I was excited we picked this one. But we are joined by, by someone else here. Cousin Pumpkin, you're here representing yeah, as well. You know. You know, this is an interesting story how you came... Not really that interesting. I, I felt like... Wow. Because you... No, not, not because of you. <laughs> that day you about to hype me up. Well... You brought it down. Well, you yeah. talk about this movie a lot. It's a good movie. Let's do the genesis of how we got to He Got Game. We were trying to fi- figure out what movies to talk about next for our little series here. And that was just one I threw out to you, Kirk. Your text was so funny back to me. It just said, Jesus, then motherfucking Shuttlesworth. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I'm like, let's do it. But I, I think I might have said something along the line of, if we do it, we got to bring my cousin on because I know you would have been pissed. If you would have just looked through the social media and seen yes. that we covered He Got well, Game. I, I got recently got pissed about the podcast that you just did. Which Oh, what? Euro, Euro trip? trip? Yeah, on. I was like, oh, I want to be on Euro Trip. Euro trip. Oh, that's right up my alley. You it know is. that. It is. But I know this one would have pissed you off too, so, yes. so you're here. You walked on over, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this is an interesting film. This is a film I hadn't seen in a while, but always stuck with me. So... First, Kirk, why he got game? Why not? I actually forgot about it. This was one of the ones where back in the day, I remember my pop put this shit on me. He oh, was wow. like, yeah. He was like, oh, we, you got to see this. We watching this. And that was like, this was like a family joint. I think one, because of the subject matter, and then also because anything Spike Lee, like, For sure. that's going to be all about it. You kind of talked about your uh, basketball past. Which I definitely want to get into but when we did our Hoop Dreams episode. So, I'm going to have some questions for you there. But Oh, you played? Yeah. I yeah. sucked at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> but you like to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but, Pumpkin, what's your affinity for He Got Game? I don't remember like who put me onto it or how I came about it. But I just remember always loving that movie. And also, like, Ray Allen? Come on. How can you yeah. not love Ray Allen and yeah. Denzel Washington? <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. And then, do you have any kind of history with Spike Lee, Pumpkin? Spike Lee? Um, 
trying to think now. I've, I've definitely like got to watch more Spike Lee movies. Obviously, I know Spike Lee because I'm a Knicks fan, and you can't be a Knicks fan and not know Spike Lee. For sure. Or like I, when I was like a little kid, I didn't realize Spike Lee was a director. I thought he was just some crazy Knicks fan. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just, me for the long. That makes the sense. Thing too. I was just that like, makes oh, sense. Like, who's, this, who's Spike Lee? Who's this guy? <laughs> oh yeah, that makes sense. But you know, uh, obviously one of the great filmmakers of all time. Because there's certain Spike Lee movies, like on uh, my Philip Seymour Hoffman podcast, we talked uh, 25th Hour, which I love 25th Hour. And yeah, there's Spike Lee dimensions in that, but it's not like, do the right thing, Spike Lee, you know? Yeah. This was a lot more Spike Lee-esque than I remembered it being. Like, there are a lot of uh, really keystone directorial choices that he makes. Also, like you mentioned, Nick fan, he loves yeah. basketball. So, and you could tell. That this What's is the big Spike Lee movie that like they're all like on the stoop and it's do the like, right hot thing. out? It's do the right thing. Yeah. Like I need to watch that. Yeah, yeah, do the right thing. Yeah. is great. Great. If you guys aren't familiar with He Got Game, every week I read the back of the DVD. So let's do it. Academy Award winner Denzel Washington stars in the must-see story about a convict given one shot at a second chance to be a father. With promises of a reduced sentence, Jake Shuttlesworth is granted temporary release from state prison to, in order to persuade the nation's top college basketball recruit, his estranged son Jesus, to play ball for the governor's alma mater. But just as Jesus faces intense pressure and irresistible temptations contemplating his big decision, Jake is also forced to consider not only what's best for himself, but what's best for his son. Like every sentence in this thing has an explanation point, and that's just... It's weird. With a groundbreaking soundtrack by the legendary Public Enemy, plus great cameos from John Turturro and basketball personalities Dick Vitale, John Thompson, and, and Dean Smith, and more, He Got Game is a critically acclaimed hit that you don't want to miss. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Something stuck with me what you said, Kirk, with your dad. As you've explained on the podcast before, but maybe people haven't listened, your dad, college professor. Growing up, what was your family's relation with Spike Lee and just the perception of Spike Lee, I guess, among black people? I don't know if we had a, like a family relationship with Spike Lee. It was just like if there was some some black shit that was coming out, my pop was like going to make sure we were watching it. Especially because we grew up, like I said, out on Long Island. Mm -hmm. So like they're from Brooklyn and Queens. We're out in Suffolk yeah. County in Whiteville, oh, USA. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So it was like, man, we, we're going to make sure the culture is in this house. So like... Is Spike Lee shit. We went to the movies to see Amistad. Oh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was like that. Like looking back, he was really the only black director that we'll say like middle America, mainstream America could name for years. Now we've got a whole string of like awesome black directors. And I'm sure there were awesome black directors at the time too, you know? But Spike Lee was like the first to really cross over, not just like the Michael Jordan commercials and things like that, but his movies, everyone was watching his movies and everyone was, like Malcolm X, when that movie was being developed, it, I forgot what director was attached, but it was a white director and there was like a public stink about it and their only person, they were like, no, Spike Lee has to do this. It wasn't like a black director has to do this, it was Spike Lee yeah. has to do this. He's almost like the godfather of the modern black director. And it's amazing to see, you know, NYU grad. He goes to school with a lot of other famous directors. And there's a lot of uh, NYU-ness about his work. But he keeps it real in a sense. Like, this is a movie about Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn. Not all of his movies are like that, but 
he's one of the great just New York directors in general. So it's great to see his work here. And he doesn't disappoint in terms of like focusing on the neighborhood here of Coney Island. I know, Pumpkin, you work a lot in Coney Island. Yeah, I mean, I've worked in Coney Island probably the last two years. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I was working. I mean, I'm not there right now. This last past year, I wasn't there, but two years before then, I was like heavy in Coney Island. Oh, construction, yeah. right? Yeah. Right on the beach. Over, like, by, um, not too far from uh, the Cyclones, maybe maybe four or five blocks up. Oh, that's so right, right on the in boardwalk. It. And Coney Island has this mythical quality that it's really portrayed awesome in this because, yeah, you see all that old Coney Island ship, and I bet you if you see, I'm not trying to stereotype Nebraska, but if you meet someone from Nebraska, their perception of Coney Island is that old style, like a Nathan's hot dog, and a... Yeah, I think it still has that to it, though. It does! Bit, you know? But I, mean, I, don't, I don't think people outside New York understand that. That's a rough neighborhood, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. My girl's never been to Coney Island. I'm like, yeah, we gotta go to Coney Island at least once. You gotta go. But I'm like, we gotta go during the day, and we ain't stepping too far <laughs> off the boardwalk. You know? Yo, we ain't brought, stepping too far off the boardwalk. I brought my girl to Coney Island for the first time last summer. <laughs> Yeah, and it was the same shit. We went on like a Wednesday at one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, oh, it's it's rough out there. It can be rough out there. Oh boy, that beach too. I went swimming. She wasn't go about to go in the water. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm here. I'm going in this shit. Real talk. Went swimming. Went under. Came up. Felt some shit like on my shoulder. <laughs> She's like, ew, ew, move. It was just a dead pigeon. No. <laughs> like, yes, bro. No. You can ask her. Just resting on my shoulder. Oh. I was like, all right. No. Let's go get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's still fun, but it's but, like, I think oh, it's, it's great, man. It's, it's jarring. It's great. It's great. I think it's like, Coney Island is so New York. If you're a New Yorker, you know what a nutcracker is. If you're a real New Yorker, you know what a nutcracker is. Oh, yeah, you go to Coney Island, you're going to get a nutcracker. You, get <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's just a staple. <laughs> yeah. So, Kurt, I guess I'm going to ask you about, you know, your basketball past here. Let's say they didn't listen to our Hoop Dreams episode. Uh, what's, Kirk, quickly before we get into the cast, what is your history with basketball? Uh, just getting recruited out of high school. Fairly heavy, but like mostly like D2, a little bit mm-hmm. of D1, and just like the whole... All that bullshit that you see on TV, you know, the recruit trips, the weekend trips, the girls, <laughs> the dinners. So you were Jesus Shuttleworth. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but, but I definitely, yeah, had some experiences that were like that, for sure. And I think you mentioned to me that you played a little bit of AAU ball too, right? Yeah. You must have encountered... I don't know if Shuttleworth level people. But, oh, yeah. You know, Hell like, people yeah. with a hype train around them already as kids, right? Totally. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. What I think about most of this film is that whole recruitment. Some people say it's like one of the greatest basketball films all the time. But we don't see a lot of basketball in the movie. Yes, we see one-on-one, but it's not like, yeah, I'm, like, it's not Varsity Blues, right? Like, it's not the high school team <laughs> playing against another team and let's win it, you know? Right. At the time we reach our story, they've already won a championship. Yeah. It's about what comes next. It's like this little in-between thing. And I think that's what set it apart. There were recruitment movies before this, but they weren't like this. They didn't show... This the dirty stuff that goes along How with raw, yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of cameos from coaches in this, as like I think I mentioned some of them, but John Thompson, John Cheney, uh, Roy Williams, 
And I'm almost surprised watching it now that they said, yeah, let me cameo in this when they show such the dark underbelly of like college recruiting. I guess they were like, oh, it's not me doing it, you know? It, just to go back to when we covered Hoop Dreams, Kirk, like, we saw that, but they were only hinting at it a little bit in Hoop Dreams because the coaches couldn't be that honest, you know? Right, right, right. Because that shit was like a doc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. But I think Hoop Dreams kind of scratched the surface a little bit of what that process was like. And this movie kind of took it to the next level of like, oh shit, it is dirtier than we thought. Yeah. Also, it was a different time. Like, the scrutiny was different. You know what I'm saying? Like, now... Oh, fuckers yeah. know everything. That is yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even now, like, yeah. Well, there's yeah. a camera everywhere now. Yeah, they know everything. But back then, like, you could get away with a car. Like, you could have, you know, oh, so-and-so got a Suburban in the projects, like, driving that shit since you're 16 years old, and nobody yeah. would know, you know? This is, like, late, I would say, like, late 80s to maybe, like, mid-2000s was, like, the sweet spot for it. Because, yeah, yeah. like you said... Everything now is, like, really monitored. And before that, they more, like, just didn't care, you know? Yeah. You could come out. You didn't need to play AAU. You didn't need to, like, win a high school championship. You saw guys go to the NBA from, like, community colleges and stuff. Like, they yeah. just go to, like, the, the open tryout and stuff like that. Yeah. It was a very different league. But that sweet spot is, like, the golden age of the shoe deal, the recruiting, the skeevy agent, the let's see how I can get in touch with this guy mentality. I'm a big basketball fan, big NBA fan. If you look at those drafts, at a certain points, the lottery, half of them were high school kids, and only like two or three would pan out. You wonder, like, wh- what happened like to the flameouts, you know? I mean, and you see it here or there. There's, of course, stories about it, too, but I hope they got their car. That's all I'm saying, you know? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like then still, the NCAA, I mean, up until... Still, but so, like, yeah, like right now, yeah, until a week now, ago, now they finally the NCAA like, still yeah. had you by the balls, yeah. you know. That's why it's not so much a story of like you can't fault some of these players for taking shit because hell no, they're hell signing no. contracts to maybe play for free for four years while this school is making so much money. Yeah, you've been thinking about our background in, in baseball players in Dominican. <laughs> Right, you're coming from a third world country. Someone says juice up for a little bit, and you can make a couple mils. Like I put that needle in my arm, let's Hell go. Yeah, of course. And I think this movie does a really good job of sh- of showing that, at least the first steps of that. But let's talk the cast because this movie gets made because two people really. Spike Lee, of course, because he's he's on a roll at this point. He's he's making good movies. But Denzel Washington, one of the greatest actors of all time. Spike actually sent him the script. They had worked together before, obviously. And Denzel, like, almost agreed instantly, faxed it back, like, let's do this. Once, and Spike, he knew, he knew the game at this point. So he even took a pay cut. Yeah, he was like, oh, movie. yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he was like, don't, because th- at this point, Denzel's, like, one of the highest paid people in Hollywood. Uh-huh. He has a fee, like, you don't start talking to him until it's, like, 20-something million. Yeah. And that's the entire budget of this movie. Uh, so he was like, basically, I'll, I'll work for whatever, just tell the studios that I'm in, and you're going to get this made. Which, at the time, of course. That's dope. I didn't yeah. know that. He plays Jake Shuttlesworth, uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth's dad. Ray Allen, though, who you mentioned, playing Jesus Shuttlesworth. I think the Jesus Shuttlesworth myth 
has even grown since then. You say Jesus Shuttleworth to someone, and they know what you're talking about, which is great. Yeah. Well, I think there's a whole different society, like the nostalgia society, but like our generation of people, like well, I wouldn't be doing a podcast if that didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> like you could go buy a Jesus Shuttleworth jersey right now. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. and I would love that. That'd be sick. A Lincoln High, thirty-four. That's awesome. So Ray Allen, you know, Hall of Famer, but at the time he's just a rookie. When he gets this part, Spike Lee did not want an actor in this. He wanted a basketball player because he he wanted the scenes to be real. How many sports movies you watch where it just it looks fake football, Terrible. basketball, yeah. all the time? You know, you can tell an athlete and a non-athlete. Yeah, and he really wanted a ball player. Ray Allen was not his first choice. There was such a long list of people he auditioned everybody. And now, for those college rules we talked about, he couldn't really employ a high school player because they would have been ineligible. He couldn't employ a college player. They would have also been ineligible. Kobe Bryant was one of the people who was one of his first choices to play Jesus Shuttlesworth. He had a very bad playoff. And, you know, we all know Kobe, just a relentless competitor. He wasn't going to stop an offseason to make a fucking movie. He was like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm going to work on my shot. Uh, so Kobe was out. Then Spike auditioned people like Alan Houston, Alan Iverson, Tracy McGrady, Ray Allen, of course. The biggest name that's controversial in this is Stefan Marbury. Stefan Marbury from Coney Island. Mm-hmm. He's mentioned in the movie a bunch. Stefan Marbury is pissed to this day about this. Really? He, he's like, I'm not auditioning. This is my story. You wrote this movie about me. If you're going to make me audition, I'm not doing it. So Spike was like, fuck it. Spike did not base it just on Stefan Marbury. I'm sure that was a motivating factor. He might not admit that because he's probably going to have to pay Stefan Marbury money. But he based it on a bunch of people. Right. He, he's from Brooklyn himself. <clears throat> he loves basketball. But Stefan Marbury is like bitter to this day about this. Kevin Garnett was another person who... What? I don't want to contradict you on that. I don't know what I read. Who knows if it's true or not. But I was reading something. And Stefan uh, Marbury is what, like 40 now? Yeah. I think it was 2020 was the article was written. Yeah, no, we read the same articles. Okay, then they were saying that he said no, the same thing like you were saying, like, yeah. even today he would say no, but he's saying like, but from what I read, he was saying like, I would say no because I understand why he wanted me to audition, but the, the movie came out so great that I wouldn't want to do it. I, yes, I agree. I think it's thing. a little bit of, you know, I think it's a little bit of, there might be some bravado right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, That's what I think it is, to be honest with you, Yes. I read that same article from The Undefeated, which was a great mm-hmm. article, and I took that as him being a little bit bitter, because he's like, oh, I know it's about me. Yeah. Like, the whole time he's saying uh-huh. that. So, it is what it is, but you see Spike Lee in the script was like, he mentions him, like, a couple times. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and just back on the script, too, this is Spike Lee's wife was like, you've done a succession of movies where you haven't written the script. Go back in and write a movie that you want to make. And he did it. And so this, that was he got paid. So this is not just directed by Spike Lee. Thanks for reminding me. This is written by him as well. He settled on Ray Allen for a couple reasons. He thought, you know, Ray Allen was good in the audition. They actually auditioned Ray Allen with a bunch of different girls uh, who was going to be, like, the love interest. And he did great with them. One of the reasons at the time was they said Ray Allen, like, had a baby face and he could still play a high schooler. Which, I mean, he, he's... Well, he was a rookie at the time. Now. He's a rookie, but that's still, like, five years out of high school. Four or five how, years. Right? How many years? I mean, you're... You, I don't both know. Both of you guys are better with the basketball knowledge. No, he... he uh, let's see, he went to UConn. Maybe he's, like, four years out of college. I don't know. But 
Ray Allen also the greatest three point shooter of all time. Yeah. He's got a shot. So Spike says, "Make He's a shot." Again. <laughs> yeah, and you could trail. You could trail like they weren't playing tricks. It wasn't like the oh, it leaves the hands. Bop. No new, new frame at the rim. And that's something that Spike Lee did not want to do. Yeah, he didn't want to do that. Uh, and we'll get into my favorite like story about this movie, and we'll get into it is the one on one with Denzel and Ray Allen. Because that was, like, one of the coolest things I've ever heard was a story about that. Like I said, Rayon gets the part. But you mentioned uh, Pumpkin. One of our OG boy, Felipe Lopez. Yes, Felipe. He, you know. Was he the Dominican Jesus at one point? (laughs) Yeah. He was rumored to be in it as well. Felipe Lopez is a a Dominican player. Came here. Went to Rice High School in the Bronx. Was the number one recruit. Went to St. John's. Has a 30 for 30 on him. But he became close yeah. with my father, and that was my real connection. Kind of. What do I got to do for your Felipe Lopez bobblehead? Yeah, I got a bobblehead in the corner over there of him. I want that. So only a couple people have mentioned his name. I want to watch that. So I gotta... It's called it's The Dominican it's... Dream. Yeah. Only a couple people have mentioned his name in the filmmaking process here. But seeing this story, I see a lot of Felipe's story in this as well. So he was in college at this time, right? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. For at least from what I read, he was. I think he was a little still too in a little too young. That's why I don't think he would be in it. I'm sure Spike mentioned his name though. That's my connection to the NBA world. Dominicans stick together, especially when stuff like that. My aunt was going to St. John's at the time, and Felipe Lopez became very close to my family. You picked up a card I have of his over there. Mm-hmm. I ended up his rookie year, and I think his second year, he got drafted. By the Vancouver Grizzlies, which is like the worst place you're gonna get drafted ever. You gotta Sickest go to uniforms though. I love <laughs> it's those cool. unis. It's cool, I but love those unis. You, most players are like, "Where the hell's Vancouver?" Oh my god, I forgot about. They were that only shit. there a couple years. Yeah, and I went to a bunch of games in Vancouver, like to support him. I went to his apartment. Really? No shit. I saw as a kid some really crazy things like NBA Life that I can't imagine. I have in my closet right now Kobe Bryant signed sneakers because when I came, because he knew me and my dad had supported him, and they played the Lakers that day, and he said, maybe I shouldn't say that, don't rob me, people, but <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, he was like, oh my God, let me let me get you something from Kobe. And we were in the garage of GM Place, which it was called in the time of Vancouver. He runs over, he takes, they're not Kobe's shoes, they're his shoes, Felipe's shoes. He takes his shoes off. He's like, yo, Kobe, can you sign this for my friend over here? Gets Kobe to sign them, brings them back to me. Get the fuck yeah, out of here! Yeah. You know this motherfucker met Kevin Garnett what? and all them. Oh yeah, in DR with my dad and Sammy Sosa. They're all like, what? I don't know what the whole story is, but I know they're all in DR together and they all ran into each other. And he yeah. met because this is when Felipe was on the Timberwolves. Uh-huh. He met the whole Timberwolves squad. I'll, I'll tell like that Felipe story very well. quickly, but. In terms of like his rookie year, Yo, stuff, yeah. that shit's mad. I used to be as a little kid going to the St. John's locker room when they were changing and stuff, like at the end of the games and stuff with my dad. Uh, and I used to see these like I don't want I don't want leeches, but like these people just around them, like oh you going to the NBA, on, yeah. even asking for money at the time. You know he's a fucking kid. I didn't know it, but then I when I when I was in college, I went to St. John's as well. I'm thinking like. Could you imagine if I was in that position and all these adults are asking me for money and I'm a kid in college? You know, the pressure, the pressure. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I know the pressure got to him. He's a good dude, but, and then, you know, it didn't pan out the way 
he thought it would. But look, you, if you make it to the NBA, it doesn't matter yeah. if, as far as I'm concerned. Wow, what a story, bro. Then he was injury ready. <laughs> yeah, the, injury the injuries really got to him. But... You know, that was my little window of the NBA. I met Snoop Dogg back then. You met Snoop? I didn't tell you that yet. You didn't tell me you met Snoop. <laughs> he was, I should have told you that. Also, I wanted to bring up Snoop later on if we talk about the pimp later on and, and, and the pimp games and bringing them back. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah well, we talked to Mac and oh, Devin, right? Yeah, yeah. Layers, Jeep. We did a uh, Mac and Devin go to high school. I don't know if you, if you ever saw that movie. It's, just it's like, like a, a big pothead movie. Dogg. Nah, like Snoop nah, Dogg nah. and uh, Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> It's on Netflix. Yes. yes. I didn't see it, but I know him. So when we did that podcast, he brought up, what was that pimp thing you were talking about? Oh, the player's ball. The player's, the player's ball. ball. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know, blew his mind with it. Yeah, because <laughs> pimping's illegal. How do you have a whole thing about pimping? <laughs> you know? How do you have a whole convention about pimping? And why did it take me this long to know about it? Oh, the player's there. ball, dude. Regardless, um, Snoop was just... It was Lakers in their prime against the Grizzlies, and that's the game I went to. And Snoop was just, like, maybe he was touring Vancouver, I don't know. He was just in the back on the shittiest folding chair imaginable. We were back like, the <laughs> locker room area. High as hell, alone, just sitting there. And then I remember Felipe came up to me and said, give me one second, yo, what's up, Snoop? Like, he just said, and he's literally almost not reacting, just the highest percent I've ever seen. Regardless, yeah, those are fun t- fun times. Just, wow. Just, again, I did... How old in middle school, middle, middle school, middle school, high school is when I went to that trip to Dominican Republic. Okay, I guess quick story about that because we mentioned Garnet. You have to get in there. He was on Timberwolves at the time. They played an exhibition game in Dominican Republic, so a bunch of us went out there. After the game, there's this like cave, of course, there that they turn into a nightclub. Oh, Punta Cana. Is I'm not, I'm not Punta Cana. I've been to a cave that's a club in Punta Cana. It was this is outside the capital. Okay. <laughs> And we went to this cave nightclub, and it was just with the Timberwolves and dignitaries. I guess I was one of them, you know, with my dad and some family members. And literally, Kevin Garnett's there. This young Kevin Garnett. They're throwing, they throw like four or five women at him, and he walks in with his long-ass arms, and these four women. (laughs) It's funny, because the coach was there, Flip Saunders, and his son, who like just got fired as the coach of that team, was there, like, as a kid. Like, he was only a couple years older than me. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. But I, you know... You could have been nice to coach the Timberwolves right now. I got to... I should have, yeah. I got to, quote-unquote, chill with the player. That was a pretty annoying little kid trying to talk to them. The one player I talked to the most was Kendall Gill. Kendall Gill, he used to play for the Nets, and he played for Charlotte. But there was a show when I was young called My Brother and Me on Nickelodeon. ran for, like, one season. And Kendall Gill guest starred on that show. And me and my friend Armando, like Armando was there. Yeah, like idiots. We go. Kendall Gill's sitting alone at a table, and we sit down. Like, yo, you're Kendall Gill. Remember when you guest started my brother and me? He was like, yeah. Like, he, and he talked to us. He was nice, but you could tell. Like, now looking back, he was like, with these shithead kids. Like, you know, like, trying to get my was, drunk was, on. Yeah, he was trying to just back some Dominican bitches. <laughs> oh my god, that's so crazy, bro. Yeah, yeah. So very brief, but a very fun time. Again. Like Mike Bibby, you know Mike Bibby. Like his yeah, wife yeah. picked us up from the airport when we went to Vancouver. <clears throat> what? Cool stuff like that. Oh man, yo, it was such that a, was the shit, boy. It was such a little behind the scenes thing too, because I, I'm not gonna name the player because I don't know like what he's going through. But there was a player on the team who was an alcoholic, and they had told everyone, "You see this guy out at a bar, you see him at a liquor store, you get him out of that situation." And we were driving in the car, and he saw this guy at a liquor store, this player. 
And he stopped the car. He's like, give me a second. He's like, no. And he ran to the liquor store and grabbed him from the liquor store to get him out of the liquor store. And it's like, like that to me as a kid, that always humanized players to me. So when I see shit like this, like like he got game, I was able to connect with it a little bit more wow. because it's like, oh, I know these are human beings. Sure. And that always changed me. Let's talk more about this cast, though. Some interesting names here. Rosario Dawson is in this as Lala. She was in 25th Hour as well. Spike Lee. And kids, which we talked about, too. Yeah. I feel like she was, like, this era's hot Spanish woman in every fucking movie. <laughs> they put her in a lot, yeah. for sure. Who else? We mentioned John Turturro plays the coach there. Oh, Mila Jovovich is the Dakota, the sex worker character. Oh, right. I'll talk about that later. <laughs> was oh, she, what, is, what was she? She's not a traitor. Resident Evil. Resident yeah. Evil, yeah. She's, like, the queen of Resident <clears throat> Evil. We gotta bring back the, the what is it, the, the player's ball? I'm not letting go of the player's ball. <laughs> what, the pimp? He's like, is yeah, that a famous pimp on. in this? You know the pimp's name? No, I don't know if he's famous or not. You're the one who taught me about this. <laughs> we'll talk about <laughs> the, the pimp. We'll talk about the pimp. Ball. Yeah, yeah. Brian uh, taught me about the player's ball. Jim Brown, NFL Hall of Famer. Yeah. Play, is like one of those FBI agents. Who else? Oh, Ned Beatty, who just died, was the warden. A lot of famous names. And then a lot of players, too, ended up cameoing. Travis Best, who's a... Pacers player is one of uh, the shooting guard on the team. Walter McCarty, who was on the Knicks at the time, is, is one of the players on the team. Oh, Rick Fox plays... He was great. Plays uh, Chick, which is the player who he meets at the college. He's, like, showing him around. Rick Fox was one of those people who, like, transitioned into movies. He's in a lot of, like, Tyler Perry <laughs> movies and <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> he always had an actor's name, though. Yeah, that is a great... <laughs> See, I didn't even know he was a ball player. Oh, he, he really? looked more like an actor to oh, like, yeah. ball player than me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I can see that. I didn't realize even like a lot of the Lincoln High guys are, yeah, are most ex- of all of them except yeah. that the short cousin. Yeah, are all, the cousin all, all of the movie. NBA players. I didn't realize yeah. that, so I started reading stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so Public Enemy does a lot of the songs in this. It's also juxtaposed by these Aaron Copeland songs. So you're getting a lot, of, and it's weird sometimes, so right? So heavy, right? You're getting a lot of like really Americana music against this, yeah, some like heavy rap. Not even I want to say heavy rap, but like some good ass rap. Yeah, know? it's very interesting. But this opening was just like Spike Lee is showing here that like basketball is America's religion. It is like one of America's pastimes, right? He leaves it at like the inner city kids, but he starts at like kids in Indiana. You know what I mean? Kids down south, everyone with the hoop and the ball playing basketball. Again, love that image. To me, I think there's a whole spiritual thing that's going on. It has to do with religion, but it's like religion based off of basketball. Of course. You know. You know what's so funny about that too? When I was watching, I always had this vision in the back of my head of like the white dude playing on the grass, mm. like outside the barn. And like when we would do nationals, I would like meet dudes like that and like if I met anyone from like the Midwest you know I would or like you know I don't know if I ever met anyone from Nebraska or Montana but I would just always tag those dudes and I never knew where I got that scene (laughs) from and then I was watching it and I was like oh shit this is where I got that from like this is the film where I got that these dudes get buck outside the barn playing with a with a crate, you know, yeah. playing on the grass and shit. 
Bro came back. Yeah, all came back, and it was—I think that was the only place I ever saw it. It was in like two different, two different cuts, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's what they do." It's, it's one of my favorite things when I rewatch movies like this, like wondering when I see a scene like that, or like someone dresses a certain way, or someone saying a certain line. I'm like, "Oh shit, I got that from my childhood, yeah. from that movie." Yeah, <laughs> you know? hell so yeah, I love when that happens. This movie—it's a long movie. It's two hours and twelve minutes. So that's a pretty long movie, but it gets into it pretty, pretty fast, right? There's not a lot of exposition here. Jesus Shuttleworth, awesome name, and we'll get into the naming and stuff like that. But the deal, right? His father's at Attica. We don't know why. The warden calls him in, and he's just like, hey, basically, here's the deal. We're going to let you out for a week. You got to convince your son, because the governor went to, again, quote, a big state university. <laughs> but that's very Spike Lee to me. We're not going to ground it too much in reality. It's a real concept, but New York doesn't have a school like that, too. You know? Yeah, nah. Maybe at that time. No, what? St. John's, no. But, at that time, it was like, the Big East, not big. Yeah, Syracuse, but that's not a state university. I think, like, Spike is talking about, like, the Michigan. Spike <clears throat> is talking about... Yeah, he definitely, like, juxtaposed that mm-hmm. Midwest, yeah. you know, Indiana, Oklahoma... We shit. don't like we don't give a shit here where our governor went to school. Like that, that doesn't matter to us. But no. in the, in these big states, it's like, oh, the governor. This is his alma mater. He goes to all the games. So he, yeah, you're right. He he combined that with yeah. this. He combined like, oh, the governor went to Kansas. He wants this recruiter to go to Kansas. You know. Well, I think he was trying to prove a point of like big aspect of people going like white power almost. Like you got white people into these positions and. And then now they could push their power onto other things. All right, what is your cause that you went to? What does that really matter? No, it only matters to fucking you. Yeah. And now, now you're gonna put this situation on a fucking for sure. An 18, yeah. 19 year old sure. and his dad. Like, yeah. And I like that Spike you know? Lee did this because uh, yeah. Syracuse, St. John's. You mentioned some New York schools, but those are private schools. Yeah. It's, it's different. It's a little different. We're talking here from Attica Prison, a state prison. And the governor, who went to the big state college, the same system essentially, right? Yeah. Is saying like, hey, state prison guy, recruit this person for this state college. So even though it's like that's a fantasy, there's no big state in New York or anything like that. I love that he did that. That has more impact like that. Definitely. And I didn't remember that he had just one week to do this. I think that's so awesome when you said, and this is something, Kirk, you love. I know you love the one day movies. But this I is love close. This. Yeah, no, 100%. Same thing. Same thing. I love the uh, the restrictive timeline. The right? pressure? Yeah, just like there are certain films. I forgot what we did. I feel like we did a couple of them that took we did. place. The wood, they flash back, but they're in the same day. So like 12 hours. But uh, we got to get party. this dude, get him to the wedding. House oh, okay. party, one night. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until like a couple years ago. I was like, man, I love movies that are like... Like, we got one day to do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah, the one week. This isn't like the life of Jesus Shuttlesworth. This isn't like Jesus Shuttlesworth's last season to win a championship. This is one week his dad trying to convince him to go to college. And we jump in the story. I would say 90% of his high school story has already passed. More, right? Yeah. When we get to get a little glimpse of this. And again, I think that's so cool. The influences in his life is something I definitely want to talk about. We learn 
that everyone, even the father who we're supposed to be sympathetic with, has an angle, right? We know the father's angle because we see it at the beginning. But we learn his girlfriend's got an angle. Not only is she like banging that like agent guy, we learn later she's getting paid to try to get him to go straight to the NBA. The coach, who at the beginning, this Italian-American guy, right? He looks like he's looking out for him. But I don't know if I trust this guy either, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust any of them. No. But like, I also don't, like, I mean, some of them I don't feel, like, I get conflicted with. Like, the girlfriend, I get conflicted yeah, with. Yeah, they brought you it back. Said, they, brought it, they brought it back around. Yeah, yeah, they brought you know, it back like, around. I'm like, I can understand. I get it. But that's still fucked up. You get what yeah. she's doing, it, but it's still it's fucked still up. Fucked okay? up. Yeah, it's still fucked up that she's, like, well, she shouldn't be having sex with a fucking agent, okay? Yeah. If she's taking money, that's one thing. They all did fucked up shit. And it's yeah. also one of those things where, like, if you can bring yourself there, you know what I mean? Like, we're watching it as us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, if you bring can yourself bring yourself position. there, yeah. like, yeah. 18, 17, 18, like, you know, motherfuckers is fucking everybody. Yeah. <laughs> fair, you fair. You know, taking exactly, money. Exactly. Like, in the end, when she's like, yeah, I did it. Like, in the end, when she came through, I was like, damn. I was like, that's a real ass chick right there. And she's like, like, at least I can fucking tell you. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) oh man. Uh Okay, she ain't so bad. (laughs) The uncle, too. I hate the uncle. I'm sorry. He does the worst. Oh man, he has the worst character. (laughs) But that, yeah, that's. You you don't tell me you met people like that or know people like that? Oh, I definitely do. (laughs) (laughs) The uncle is insane. So his mother. Jesus' mother is dead. We learn that, um, and we're not sure why. If you're like, if you're a first time watcher, you know she's died, and we're learning that there's a point where you're like, oh shit, Jake murdered her. This is a fucked up story. Yeah. No, we get a little flashback later, and and we'll talk about that. But when Jake returns, he's very clearly an unwelcome guest. But to me, one of the biggest, like, oh my god, moments was the fact that, and maybe I shouldn't have been, Jesus lives alone with his sister. In what's a pretty nice condo for Coney Island. It's not a shitty place. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, like, it's nothing better than, like, Lefrak City or something like no, that. No, 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 no. He's not living large. It's still the hood. Yeah, it's not as bad as where he originally lived. I don't think it was that uncommon at the time to see high school players living in situations like this when they were that good. I knew people, I have know people who were, like, 16, 17 having their own apartments in the city. Especially if you got that kind of influence. You know? Yeah, and that's people with, with no influence doing, you know, Rent-A-Center for all their <laughs> shit and stuff like that. I remember when I was at St. John's, some of the basketball players, again, I don't know how, I don't know what, but I, I was at a gas station, like, putting gas in my car, and one of them rolled up in, like, a super nice car. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. But people have to remember, too, it's not just the colleges that do this. There's these athletic boosters who... Yeah. And the college says, no, I'm not going to pretend they don't, but there's these athletic boosters who are just like, oh, don't worry about it. You need a car to get to school? Yeah. Don't worry about it. You know? like And that, and that I'm pretty sure, happened with these players. I also... I went to school with Anthony Mason Jr., who was Anthony Mason's son. We were classmates together. We had a lot of classes together. And, look, his dad was rich anyway, right? So, like, you could have those situations as well. Let's not... Let's not assume that every basketball player comes from the project, especially now these no. days. Basketball used to be, in the, and I think even in this movie, like the city's game, right? Like anyone could play. Now, 
there are a lot of rich basketball players in the NBA who grew up rich because it's not a cheap sport anymore. You and I could play, or the three of us could play outside on, on like a hoop right now, but to send your kid to AAU tournaments like across the country? Yeah. No, that's... And a lot of times you would like have like a surrogate. So I had a lot of friends like from Amityville, mm. Hempstead that were just like, it was like, oh, all right. There, it started off like, oh, Mr. You know, Mr. Thompson's going to drive me to the games on the weekend. Why don't you just stay at Mr. Thompson's for the <laughs> week? Oh, Mr. Thompson's got an extra bedroom. And the next thing you know, like, you know, you're living in Beltaire. Oh, God. Yeah. That kind of reminds me, again, of Hoop Dreams, uh, that, that, that couple that, the couple that supported one of the kids, like, got him that, like, job oh, at, yeah, like, yeah, Britannica. Yeah. And they're like, you know, yeah. it's for his skill level or whatever and stuff yeah. like that. And that wasn't even as developed at the time. They must have sponsors if, again, you're a family who doesn't have the means and you're a very good player. Because how are you going to get a kid to California for a tournament? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Plus, even if even if you got the means, the time. The time, the time too, you yeah. Put in it. That's why I never played travel baseball until I could drive my own car. My parents were like, I ain't taking you nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, you know? never, you would almost never see. That's what was crazy about those games, bro. You would never see anyone black in the stands. I remember going to some crazy fucking tournaments and it was like, who are all these white people? <laughs> like, in the crowd. It would just be a whole crowd just full of white people. Ten black dudes on the court. Like, okay, where the fuck's everybody's family at? It's cra- that's crazy. That's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> the, the montage with the players talking about Jesus Shuttleworth's talent Basketball is, is, is like poetry in motion. Just coming down the court, you got a defender in your way, you, you take him to the left, you take him back to the right, and he's falling back, and you just, Jay, right in his face. And then you look at him, and then you say, what? Tonight, our feature is about a biblical player, as we follow a day in the life of Abraham Lincoln Sr., Jesus Shuttlesworth, the number one basketball prospect in the country, Jesus of Coney Island. Jesus is the best thing to happen to the game since the tennis shoe was invented. Does he just there? He makes you excited to watch. Jesus is Shuttlesworth. He's the next phenom. He's awesome, baby, with a capital A. The guy's unbelievable. He's a PTV, a primetime player. He's the 3S man. Super scintillating sensational. He's a high riser. His game has got everything you need. He can defend, he can run, he can finish. He likes to play in a crowd, but makes people better. He's the real thing. He's able to do some of the things that most coaches talk about, and that is being able to be a triple threat. And that's something that we as coaches have used for many, many years. Pure shooter, fierce and defender. Great player. The defender went for the ball, he brought it behind his back, switched it back over to his right hand, went through his legs. Defender came up and kind of stutter stepped a little bit, pulled back, and rained the three. And I was like, this kid might be ready for the big league plays to win, and a lot of people play to play. This guy plays to win. Well, I watched Kenny Anderson and Stefan Marbury, and I never thought I would see anybody better than those guys. But along came Jesus. What most impresses me about Jesus Shuttlesworth is the foresight of his parents to name him appropriately as the world's greatest. Jesus. 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 Oh, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus! Hallelujah! He got game. It's so cool because it's like a time capsule of the era, and it, it also this is Spike Lee like going to NBA games, and it's true. He didn't contact agents to recruit the players to be in his movie. He would go to Knicks games, and he would like Ray Allen. He, he they were playing the Bucks, and he was like, 
hey, you know, you want to audition for my movie? You know, have your agent call me. It would be stuff like that. So uh, you could tell a lot of that's here. And a lot of the guys who are in this montage are people who definitely like the spotlight, like Shaq. Oh, yeah. Like Shaq, there's a hot take. I'm not the biggest Shaq guy in terms really? of this. I show. love Shaq. I think he's like... Oh. I love I, I love Shaq. I don't know. I like Shaq as a player, but like... Oh, let me let me sell batteries. No, I love Shaq. I love I love Shaq as an entertainer. No, it's not. It's not. Shaq almost got me looking into fucking what's what's the, the general? Yeah, it? the general. I never. I'm like, who's the general? What is this insurance? No, see, I'm the opposite. After like the fifth time he did it, I was like, after the fifth different commercial, I was like, maybe I gotta one, look into the general. He has hey, one Shaq. voice. Getting an online car insurance quote from my buddy the general is a slam dunk. All it takes is a couple of minutes. The monthly payments are low, and you can get immediate proof of insurance. Get your anonymous online quote with low payments and ride with the general. Hey, Shaq, how about some help up here? Nope, I'm retired. For a great low rate you can get online, go to the general and save some time. He has one voice, he has one <laughs> They sucker for the marketing. Uh, I'm but... Shaq, I'm funny. <laughs> Uh, I'm nah, Shaq got me on that Papa John's commercial. Yeah, I love Shaq. The wig and shit. I love But Shaq. you know, Shaq's always like Shaq. That's why Kobe didn't get along with him because Kobe was like, "Let me play the game hard." And Shaq was like, "You know, like I want to." He he wants to be a star. Yeah, that was really important. <laughs> Shaq Zang, is yeah, a right. star, right? <laughs> he, oh, he is. Yeah, I can't dispute he's a star. But it's uh, what's that movie he did with the genie and stuff? Kazan. Yeah, Kazan. <laughs> he even had a Sega Genesis game. Come on. True, but regardless. Oh my god. What, Shaq Fu? Yeah, Shaq Fu. Oh god. But I need that in my Sega Genesis collection. But this freaking montage is punctuated by the fact that it ends with Michael Jordan just going, he got game. Yeah. And like you have, I know Michael Jordan the Space Jam or whatever, but you get Michael Jordan to just punctuate that, we're good. <laughs> the history of that, though, is that Ray Allen was in the first wave of Jordan brand athletes. His rookie year is the first time that Jordan had the brand. So, um, you know, he was close to Ray Allen, so that's how they got him. But I, I thought that was super cool. So, are we going to talk about Jordans? Because I wore Jordans today. Yeah, those joints are just, fresh, too. Just because of that. Are they real, or you get them a, a come four, on. four to four to my <laughs> Refuse to pay anything but retail. But I got lucky a couple times on the sneaker app. And what Jordans are you wearing today? I'm a Jordan fraud. But no, I don't know this number. <laughs> but <laughs> I like these. I think these are sixes, actually. I could be wrong. I don't know. I think these are sixes. You know how I feel. I don't know anything about sneakers. So I mean, my favorite Jordans are retro ones, though. Apparently, the shoes they wear in the movie are very big and like even. Yeah. Well, what them. I was reading about it, and that's why I wore my Jordans <clears throat> today, is that um, they wore Jordan Thirteens in that film. Okay. And the first time they were ever like shown to the public was in that film. And yes. the only people that had those shoes were Spike Lee and Denzel Washington. Right, when it's pop on. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, to that me, really I happened. think those are fucking ugly as fuck, those Jordans. But <laughs> Dumb joints. <laughs> Stop it, though. And they, they got, they got the laces, laces, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene. When he was like, do you the first thing yeah. he does, <laughs> The first thing he does when he gets out of the jail, and they give him a little bit of money, he's like, goes to the store and it's... What's the newest? What's the new Jordans you That's got? That's so real. <laughs> that shit is so real. Well, so let's take this time to take a segue into the Jake Shuttlesworth character a little bit. I find it so interesting that again they say that he's gonna get out of jail, but they don't like furlough him. They give him something that makes him sick, 
so that the other prisoners think that they're quarantining him. That was crazy. Yeah. And then he's with those two cops, Jim Brown being one of them. They basically lay down the rules. They give him a place to stay. And they, like, basically recruit this guy. What did you think about that whole angle and, like, how he starts to live his life for this week? Do you see him toasting bread, like, on an iron? I was like, whoa, that's, that's interesting. I don't know where that came from. That's a struggle. That's where that came that's from. That's that grilled yeah. cheese, bro. Yeah. <laughs> the life Best he... grilled cheese in Coney Island. I guess let me put it this way. What did you think of this whole angle of him with the the sex worker, Dakota, here? He sees her. I don't know. He befriends her. He gets money to have sex with her at some point. What was your opinion on this? I liked all of it, actually. Because I think it humanized her. It humanized him. He, he was a two-pump chump with his jeans on. He'd even put it in. If you watch, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, he apologized. You know, and he apologized. Yeah, every guy. Humanized that was it. every guy. They both, they both like, had their struggles and whatever, and they found peace within each other, I feel like. You know? How about you, Kirk? Man, I feel the same way. I actually thought, and this is one of the things that's funny about Spike Lee, like, and I could be reading too much into it, like, racially, Spike Lee always does some really like funny like idiosyncratic shit and like again i could be reading too much into it right but like the only main like the only premiere role if i'm not mistaken i mean other than the cop yeah but like we're not supposed to like him you know like he was kind of a jerk no and i do want to talk about that uh but continue it was like to see this white girl in this black movie and she's like a prostitute, you know? But she was like dignified. Mm. In a, I mean, I guess if that's, you know. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <clears throat> but um, I just thought it was funny. I was like, oh. I feel like when he was <laughs> when he was writing it, he was like, you know what? Yeah, we'll throw a white motherfucker in there. Yeah, yeah. She's going to be a prostitute, though. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. Like you were saying, there are different levels to and I don't even want to say it from a hierarchy perspective, right? Because humans, humans are humans. But I thought that you know, he's a different, different animal. Like we were seeing different levels of what's going on in the same ecosystem. You know, yeah. I don't know how to feel about this character because you know what I also like about it though, it's very Coney Island too, <laughs> because she's Eastern European as fuck. Like even Yo, if, you know yeah. what I'm saying. That's you're, real. You're not wrong. Oh, that's real. Not wrong that's that. super real. You're not wrong about that. Like, I don't want to sound... Well, I'm not... I don't think I'm wrong with this. It's fucking black people and East Europeans. That's super all, that, real. That, that, that's all on Coney Island. And that shows, like, Spike knows Brooklyn, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I needed it, right. but it wasn't bad. And I actually like her. <clears throat> but it was, like... Sometimes it took me a little bit out of it, like... Yeah. That's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why are we here again? <laughs> so you want to talk about the pimp. What was your opinion on the pimp? He wasn't pimpy enough for you? I mean, I don't know. He didn't have a green hat with a feather? No, he, I think he was pretty pimpy. But, like, I don't know. He was an asshole, for sure. A lot of pimps are assholes. You know? I think he was, like, a, a genuine, like, what people think about a real pimp. He was like yeah, one, one of the more real saying, pimps that like, I've seen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Not, <laughs> not in some like flashy, like, let's put this pimp on here for it to be for show and be funny. Not like the Snoop Dogg type of pimp. Right. Yes. No, this, right. He was a real pimp. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot of stuff here with the uh, Jake character. The stuff with the daughter. 
the kind of thing like with the uncle and him. Like, there's no interaction, but we're not we're not supposed to be fans of the uncle. We'll put it that way. <laughs> Hell no, the uncle was the worst. <laughs> so I think we'll I think we'll just circle back to the Jake character. I want to talk about Jesus's trajectory here because the big thing is he's got to decide where he wants to go. He's been recruited. He's got a stack of letters of where, basically, what his journey is going to be. And everyone's telling him this is the most important decision of his life. He gets picked up at one point by, like, like a drug dealer, like a, the big man in mm-hmm. Coney Island, whoever he is. I love that scene. That dude. I love that scene. That guy is literally, like, the staple in like nineties black movies. Oh yeah? Yeah. See this is what I this is why I need you here. Oh like, my god. Always <laughs> playing a similar role that's like kinda weird, like like, oh here he comes again. You know shit's about to get weird. Literally, it's hard to explain, but when you see him, like you get hype. I forgot that he was in it, you know? And then as soon as he jumps in his car, I was like, oh shit. Like I sat up in my And seat. that's his only scene. Yeah. So you want me to talk to your pops, man? He's stressing you out, I see. I'll talk to him, man. I'll handle it. Just give me the word. I can handle my own business, all right? Yeah, you can handle it, all right, yeah. J-Man. Handle it. <laughs> you know, your pop's bugged out as he is right now. Back in the day, he could play some war. Yeah. Did you know that? Huh? Did you know that? He knows. Yeah. Yeah, so let's uh, <laughs> slide off to AC, J-Man. Oh, Atlantic City, my treat. We got school. J-Man. Like AC. my cousin said, we got school. Right. My bad, my bad. Hey, can't be fucking with y'all's education, right? Yeah. <laughs> so where you going to school, man? You made up your mind? Not yet. Look, you pygmy motherfucker. Not pygmy. You want to walk to school? Big time is cool, all right? I'll kick it's your cool. ass out to the curb right now. I mean, my bad and all, my bad, but don't make me get violent early in the morning, really. I ain't had my coffee, you know what I'm saying? Be cool, all right? You know it's no coincidence motherfuckers don't be fucking with you, right? Starting beefs with you, starting shit with you. You know. <laughs> As jealous as niggas is Jesus. around here, like that nigga over there. Look, the reason why nobody fucks with you is because Big Time Willie put the word out, all right? Oh, you did? Big Time Willie told motherfuckers they be fucking with the J-Man. They gonna wake up dead in the Atlantic Ocean and shit. Look, I hate to break it down to you this way, but <laughs> it's not because they love you, man. Huh? The bigger a nigga get up in this motherfucker, the more they hate you. I, I mean, you can play ball and all that, but shit, that don't mean shit to these niggas right here. Put a cap in your ass, just on GP, that's on the string, all right? So you gotta watch your back. Oh, so I should thank you then, huh? I don't give a fuck. I just want you to know what the TikTok is, all right? He knows. Yeah. You know, a lot of great ball players came out of Coney Island, but most of them didn't amount to shit. What about Stefan Marbury? He made it. Oh, true that, true that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's one of the few, all right? And if he can make it out of here, so can I. Yeah? You gonna make it? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make it. You gonna make it out of here just like the rest of these niggas out here in a casket. First thing that's gonna take you out is these drugs we got for you. Uh-huh. We got the cocaine, heroin, crack cocaine. We got the uppers, the downers, the cheaper, crystal, meth, acid. We got the nicotine for you. Huh? You don't want none of that? And don't forget about the alcohol, baby. Yeah, we got that more liquor, a.k.a. liquid crack. Just for you, black man. You see that shit be advertised up and down Park Avenue? Fuck no! I keep 
And they got the other thing for you, man. Yeah, I almost forgot. <laughs> they got that pussy. That shit will fuck a nigga up quick. Deadly combination, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't even mention the blood-sucking leeches. Oh, yeah. The newfound family pygmy buzzards be hovering over you trying to get that loose change, you know what I'm saying? Huh? They talking about I love you. Oh, I love you. I love you. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you. No, I love you. I love you. Te amo. Jesus, te amo. Ay, que fiebre. Come on, man. <laughs> need some money. I love you so much. I need some money. Hook a brother up. Give me some money. I need some cash. I'm gonna get these Nikes. You know I can't have anything but the best. Hell figure sweater. Do you want me looking good for you? I need some money. I love you. <laughs> Hook a sister up. I need some money. I need some Cinnamonite for my baby. I need some Pampers for my baby. I need some Dolce Cabana for me. I need some Channel. I need some Fendi. Come on. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? How you doing, man? And I'm thinking like, oh, this guy is one of these people who's negative influence. He's probably being paid by some other college. Because he's, he's a drug dealer. Yeah. He's not a good person. <laughs> he ends up giving him some of the most real advice. Yeah. That's why I love that scene. I was like, I th to me, I think he's probably the most honest a real person with Hell Jesus yeah. out of everybody that he's dealing with. Hell yeah. And you know? I don't think so because he picks him up in this nice car and you're like, oh, this is trouble. Basically, like, what? what is it? I wrote down a line. This is like, malt liquor is like crack. You know, they, they, they do this to us. This mm -hmm. is what's going to happen to you. You better be prepared. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> he's getting the best advice of the movie. Not even from his father. It's from this dude. Uh, yeah. I feel like you guys would know this better than me, knowing basketball better than me and whatever. But like, you hear those. I feel like you hear those stories all the time, where they're like, "Yeah, I have to take care of the people who took care of me, and not necessarily took care of me in the hood, but I had to take care of this gangbanger who took care of me in the hood because he only looked out for my best interests and let me go all the going. time. You know what I'm saying? All the time. It reminds but, me of how we glorify in film, like Italian mafia people, right? Like, they do the same shit, but it's like, oh, he's the godfather. Yeah. <laughs> you kiss his hand. He's going to take... Don't fuck with him, but he's going to take care of you. This guy's not that different than that yeah. character, but... Yeah. He, like, somewhat seemed like he wanted to ask for money in the beginning, and then but he's like, no, I don't want your shit. I just want you to get out of here. Be good. <laughs> we haven't talked about the, the little cousin who's always just, like, saying shit. I love how he, he's, like, crammed in the backseat of that limo. Yeah. He's <laughs> just like, shut up, <laughs> Hey, what does he call him? A pygmy or something? <laughs> Along those lines. He's like, I'm not a pygmy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that montage and that scene is like, whoa. Yeah, that's super sweet. Yeah, exactly. But it's cool because there, there would be like that scene, Rosario Dawson scene. <clears throat> like shit's complex. Shit's messy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like shit's not one dimensional. You, you know, know you that know, dude is a perfect example. I feel like they he threw in so much shit in this movie yeah so many different yeah aspects of growing up in the city and different things and this and that and different cultures and what it means to every different culture and everybody going through their different struggles Hell within yeah. this you know and in a movie, trying to understand all everyone's different struggles Hell yeah and in a movie that could seem cartoonish at times it's called big state university and things like that you, you guys hit the nail on the head in terms of Every character is complex. You're never like, oh, that guy's just an asshole, you know? Even when the coach, there's a later scene where he's kind of like, he's pressuring him and you think he might have an agenda, but you learn he's the one who's been paying the rent 
on the apartment so that he doesn't have to live with the asshole uncle. Maybe maybe a shoe company's paying him behind the scenes. We don't know. But there's no one here who's like an absolute good guy and there's no one here who's an absolute bad guy. Except I think Jesus like Jesus doesn't really have a flaw here. I mean his flaw might be little things, but understandable things. He's in an and maybe that's why his name Jesus, you know, not that's what the movie tells us, but maybe that's why his name is Jesus. That drug dealer guy. Good for him. And I'm happy I'm happy this is again, this is why Kirk, you're my guide for these movies. I never seen this guy. I don't really know this oh, guy. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man. And I think uh, what's her like Lisa Ray in the wood. Where you're like, <laughs> yeah. She came on scene. I knew exactly what it was. You're kind of giving me similar vibes with yeah. this guy. Yeah, that's awesome. They always light skin too. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, the next scene I want to talk about though is the flashback of Jake and the mom. Um, that fuck me up. That that very fucked up scene. It, it's a fight because Jake has been. This asshole dad that we all shame, but I guarantee if we have, if we invited 20 professional athletes in here and had a one-on-one conversation and they knew that it wasn't getting out and we asked them, was your dad an asshole? They would probably, if we would invite 20, 20, uh, 19 of them would say yes, probably. I think so. I think to get to that level, you got to have yeah. someone driving <clears throat> like that, you know? It, it's a real thing. It's a yeah. real thing. People, A lot of athletes talk about their dad and... Nice ways, sometimes not nice ways, but just like how they pushed them, how all the other kids went to bed, and they were the dad who was keeping their kids on the base paths at 11, 12 p.m., you know, being hard on them like that. Again, I'm not condoning that kind of behavior, but it's just a common thread that we see a lot in yeah. professional athletes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think to get to certain levels of life, like that's how you got to be. That's what it you takes. That's really seriously. That's the what it pro- takes. The problem is, to be a professional is. athlete in anything, you're like a one percenter. So yes, you got to give everything. Yeah, the way you have the, the things you have to sacrifice. The problem you is, you have to be willing to sacrifice everything. And I'm sure you've seen this, like being kind of in that circuit. For if there's a hundred dads that are like that, one of them becomes a professional athlete. Yeah, there are some dads who push their kids. Oh yeah. And they never make it, and they end up just hating their father. <laughs> I mean, you also have to know your kid's talent. You yeah, know? I guess you gotta evaluate, right? Like, if you see that like spark, then maybe you could be like that. But it was what was one of the things that was cool about those scenes was so at one point the sound because the background music every time it went like into orchestration was like so loud that I was like, damn. Like at one point I had to put the subtitles on because I had the AC running. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to miss anything. The part that was so real is like he was pushing him, but then like he came back to the dinner table that one time and he was like still like annoyed. The kid was so like, he's like, yeah, you should have seen him out there. I thought he was going to dunk tonight. Like, da-da-da. so it's like that, like juxtaposed to use the word again, like, oh, I hate you, blah, 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 blah. But then he gets in and it's like, oh, I'm going to give props to the fruits of your labor, you know? So there were scenes at the table mm-hmm. where, and you could tell like, that's like your dad. That's your idol. He's the man. And the dad could ball. So you knew he was coming home and he was like hyping him up. Like giving him just enough recharge so we mm-hmm. could go out and get it again tomorrow. Yeah. It was just that one night. Shit ain't lined up like that. And Jake, before we get to that night, Jake is totally willing to be hated if he knows he's going to push his son, you know. And that night though, whatever, big fight. With the mom because she's kind of protecting her kid. He pushes her. 
not intending to kill her, but I'm not saying you should do that either, but regardless, like not intending to kill her and boom, we see that scene, she, she hits her head, she dies, and he's in prison, which it's tough, it's tough, and I get, I won't say I love it, I don't love seeing that shit because it's fucked up, but then that explains so many of the complex emotions of what's going on here, right? Like, we can't sympathize with the Jake character if in cold blood he just murdered the of mom course. with a knife, right? Of course not. <clears throat> but also, if it was like a complete, like, like she slipped and fell and they blamed him, we don't want that movie either. Like, right. oh, it was the cops. They yeah. did a good job of it. They did a good job of it. To put that like, oh, he was still a little violent. He didn't intend to kill her. He loved her, obviously, but you still... He was in a space he shouldn't have been in either. Yeah. And timing, dude. Timing. timing. Like, right now, look, never. You can never do it, right? You can never do it. You're never putting your hands on anyone's fucking male, female. Don't put your hands on anyone, right? Especially not a woman, not your wife, and not your kids and blah, blah, blah. But then remember when the movie was made. Mm-hmm. Like, right now, we're hyper-sensitive and aware to that sort of thing. So when that movie was made, motherfuckers probably like, oh yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, that happens. Listen, I, I, you know? <laughs> I work in the construction industry. I had a talk with someone today who was telling me how he smacked his kid around because he had a girl over too late and shit like that. Like, <laughs> Yo, but, love. Oh, man. You know, it also comes down to different cultures. It's a different <clears throat> culture I'm talking about. It's not people that were born in America and stuff like that. Yeah, but at the same like time, that, I but... remember, shit, <clears throat> the worst thing I could have heard growing up. The worst thing. Wait till your father gets home. And I, I fucking caught it. I got it. I was. I remember scrambling up the stairs, like, glad that I had, you know, pants on. Yeah, Because yeah. this motherfucker was coming for me up the stairs, you to know? me, it was the opposite. My, my, my dad never really put his hands on me. And not that my mom really did it often, but if someone was going to come with something, it was going to be my mom. Oh, man. It was my mom. And until it was I, never until hands. Until I caught that... It was my mom, so I caught that belt. She said, oh, you think you grown? Wait till your father gets home. I was like, oh, shit. And I was in this weird space. I was like, you know, too old to get whooped, but like scared as shit. And then I was ready. I think at one point I went outside. I just like stayed outside in the shed and shit. Oh, but my mom did the same thing. She came with weapons. She didn't come with her fist or anything. Oh, she yeah. came with weapons, objects. <laughs> Chancleta. Chancleta. Heel. I love, I don't love, but it's interesting how... America pretends that that didn't exist, right? Now, we pretend that there was never that era, that we are not that old, that we remember and are a part of, right? So, yeah. just bring it back to the movie, you bring up a movie like this, and as weird as it was, it wasn't that crazy to get a little physical between a husband and wife <clears> at the time. I'm not condoning it, obviously, but you're right. At the time, it was a more innocent push, but now it's still, you shouldn't get like that at all. And I think we understand that now, but the complexity, again, the complexity is Spike Lee. The fact that we're still we're still debating and talking about, like, what happened there, that's fucked up. But we also know there's a dead woman in an apartment, and there's a black man who's responsible for it. He's going to prison. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to prison for a well, long even time. Even, like, how kind of the movie somewhat ends, I feel like it kind of leaves it on... For a second, I feel like it leaves it on a cliffhanger, and then it kind of mm. ties it back up. Because even like this, after he, you know he signed with big, big ball state or whatever it is, big state, <laughs> big, yeah, big, big state, state, and but then they started blaming his dad for everything. 
They're yeah. like, oh, he ran away from prison, this and that. Now, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, like, oh, yeah. oh, he's easy scapegoat. Yeah. We'll, we'll know, get there. Murdered his wife from because, the hood, yeah. this and yeah. that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. We'll get there because a Spike Lee movie, one of the hallmarks to me is that even, look, there's some shitty Spike Lee movies. I'm not like sitting in the background texting or whatever. I'm always watching like wire to wire because there's shit happening that, that's. Oh, yeah. We, we, might, we, we must get that from the Rodriguez scene. I'm always observing <laughs> my, my scenery around me, what, what people are doing, how, they, how they're acting towards others. Especially in movies like this. When Jake and Jesus have the meetup again, first of all, Ray Allen's, where Jesus's low hanging overalls. Yes. Oh, my God. I had to make a note on that. <laughs> I kind of fuck with them. Don't. I mean, please wear that, I should say. Please wear that. You know I will. Oh, that's true. You know if somebody's going to wear super something. fresh. You know if someone's going to wear something, like, borderline, it's going to be me. It's overalls to the ribs. Like, that's where the, the overall part starts. <laughs> it's crazy. I've been searching for a reason for me to buy overalls that doesn't have to do with work. So. <laughs> but you learn that he didn't name um, Jesus after Jesus. He named him after <clears throat> Jesus Earl Monroe. I love that. Black Jesus. I wish he was like Nick's. He named after the Nick's Earl Monroe, but the, the Bullets one. I thought that was cool. And Earl well, Monroe. As basketball fans, which one was the better Earl Monroe? Well, he won the championship. Well, did he win? He won, yeah, but who was the better player? Was well, he better on the on Washington, or was he better with the Knicks? Overall, yeah, but he's more a team player on the Knicks. The Jesus of North Philadelphia. And then they said, like, you know, the media called him Black Jesus. And my all-time favorite ball player was Earl Monroe. Oh, the pro. Yeah, he was nice. See, everybody remember him from the Knicks, you know, when he helped win that second championship and everything like that. But I'm talking about when he was with the Bullets down Winston-Salem Stadium before that. Gave him 42 points a game the whole season, 41.6. The whole season. But the Knicks, they put the shackles on him, man. You know, on this whole game, they locked him up like in a straitjacket or something. When he was in the streets of Philly, the playgrounds, oh, he was like, huh? <laughs> you know what they call him? What? Jesus. That's what they call him, Jesus, because he was the truth. Then the white media got a hold of it. Then they got to call him Black Jesus. You know, he can't just be Jesus. He got to be Black Jesus, you know. But still, he was the truth. So that's the real reason why you got your name. You name me Jesus after Earl Monroe, not Jesus in the Bible? Not Jesus of the Bible, Jesus of North Philadelphia. Jesus of the playgrounds. That's the truth, son. The way he dished, the way he, you know, he spin, you know how you do, coming off. All that town. Earl Monroe was actually a consultant on this film. So he was there on set, I believe, because I looked at the credits, I was <sighs> consulting the basketball. And that's what's cool about, and I think we've lost that. Some of the great ball players of all time were great street ball players. They'd go out, they'd play on a court like this, right? Yeah. Kareem Abdul Jabbar uh, grew up in Dykeman projects. Oh, really? Yeah, playing street I ball. I didn't know that. I yeah. didn't know that. <clears throat> but now you play Dykeman, there's. 10,000 fans on the audience, you know. It's a little bit different. I don't know if we're ever going to get to a level where you're seeing a 15-year-old who's a great streetball player and then people are recruiting streetball. Like, people are playing streetball, but they also have an AAU team. They're going to Kansas. You yeah. know what I mean? It's a little different these days. Think on that real quick. A lot of the flashbacks reminded me of... Do you play 2K a lot? 
or anything because nah, I know he don't play 2K nah, like that. I don't. Damn. I don't. That's well, your if anyone's song. listening who played the newest version of 2K, now I was telling you they even had Dykeman on here. Oh really? Like, oh yeah. And, and it reminds me of like that's sick. Spoiler alert if you haven't, and it shouldn't really be a spoiler because the new one's gonna come out in November. Like a few anyways, but. <laughs> You, if you play through the story mode part of it where you create your own character BS your father is passed away but they do a lot of flashbacks of your father being very hard on you like on the street oh, like, shit. on the in street the oh, yeah, they, they definitely do a lot stole of flash- from this yeah exactly and, and, it, I, and I kept getting I was like I was like damn I was like they definitely took this from fucking this movie right of course they you did know? yeah oh that's it's not, that's not the same exact storyline or anything like that but like well they can't do that but, but you know they did yeah it was like you know the dad was saying he was like oh the same thing about getting recruited because you started in high school and like and you work your way up, and no you're in shit. high school, and then you go to college, and this and that, and it's about like the recruiting process, and this, and the, your dad being hard on you. That's fucking dope. You, they're trying. Saying, they're trying a lot harder. Than watching games. that movie, I just I play a lot of video games. It, it just started flushing back. Yeah, you that's know, real playing cool. That, I was like, that's crazy. You think like oh. a you think like a seventeen year old playing that game understands that? No, because a probably seventeen year old right now probably hasn't watched this movie when it came out in ninety eight. Yeah, crazy. I was what. I was born in 93. I was like four years old. So I definitely didn't watch it in 98, you know? But I'm definitely more old school with a lot yeah, of Yeah, you're more old school too, but you're also... And stuff and you like, know some of those kids you're playing in 2K are 17 years old, 15 years old? Oh, yeah. I get my ass beat by 12-year-olds. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's sick. They're going in. I want to talk about, though, one of my favorite scenes, the recruiting visit here, to tech you. Oh God! We go a little like a little segue here. Yes, and I want to hear your your stories and how it could relate to <laughs> oh the tech you stories. Well, Pumpkin, if you don't know, uh, Kirk, eventually you ended up at Howard, not playing basketball. Yeah, just doing Which your was own crazy. thing. Crazy. I was like, Howard's pretty good at basketball, no? Yeah, yeah, they were all right. But they're good. At, they're, you know, they're very good school at everything. Yeah. So they're all right. It was a crazy, crazy decision. My dad was big on education. And what's so funny is, like, he supported the sports. I was, like, super nice. I was nice almost, like, proving to him, like, yo, motherfucker, pay attention to me, like, how good I am, you know? And he was, like, always sweating me about, like, my grades and shit, you know, as an academic. Because he had seen the story a million times. And he's like, oh, you know, you fucking break your ankle. Adios. Yeah. So he was just like, man, he was like, me and your mom need to bust our ass. Like, remember, you don't need these motherfuckers. They need you. Like, we can pay for this shit. And then we did, like, a whole, like, curriculum test. And, like, I would have wound up, like, what I was allowed to take grade-wise. Because I knew. I was I was a realist. I knew I was not playing professional sports. Like, maybe there was a smidgen of a chance if everything went absolutely perfect, I could have gone to Europe to play basketball. Okay. But that would have been... If everything went perfect, the likelihood yeah. of that was like fucking 10%. So I was always a realist. And I would have been able to graduate if I would have been on like the allowed curriculum with like a fucking degree in finger painting. <laughs> they was like, you ain't doing shit. And then I talked to us like some of the older dudes when I was on these recruiting trips. And like some of the older cats were like, yo, man, they're like, I heard you got like a dope GPA, blah, blah, blah. They were like, and I got lucky. I got some people that like I even still talk to now that were basically just like, man, like, don't do it. Like, just go to school. 
and it was the hard. I was in depression for like two years, like straight up depression. Like I would go to the games, and coach and the players would be like, "Yo, what's up, bro? Like, what's up, cuz? What yeah. you doing? Sitting out there?" Da 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 da. My homies like, "Yo, what are you doing? Like, go fucking." Get this chip. That's tough. Get man, it. Because oh, man. I can't even imagine that just because, like, I love baseball. Mm. That's my passion. That's my first love. That's everything to me. And I was garbage at baseball, you know? So I can't even imagine being, like, talented enough to be going to, like, a D1, D2 type of school and then, you know, walking away from that <coughs> because it's the smart decision to do. You know? I mean, I still question that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I fuck around and I have six kids right now. Do you still play though? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I haven't played hard. Yo, because it's weird. Like, I got a weird like I got a weird relationship with it. The last time I played hard, I was actually in D.C. And we were playing. Oh, my God. I was playing with one of my buddies who I had just met who was Penn State or Penn Relays high jump champ. Wow. So okay. if you win Penn Relays or Texas Relays. Yeah. Like, you're that motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, I used to run track and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah so yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we're out there, you know, fucking around. The N1 mixtapes was at, like, yeah, yeah, volume yeah. five. So he was out there playing music through the shirt, whoop, whoop. And it was, like, last play. And we're in D.C., which is a fucking rough... D.C. is a rough-ass hood. When I was in D.C., D.C. was number two. Murder capital. Behind... Chicago, and then I left, and then it was like Chicago, Detroit, DC, and it was bad. Like we were hearing motherfuckers pop off every night, and I do like a bounce pass in the paint. And my man caught the alley oop and dunked it, and they were like, "Man, they're like you just gonna let these these New York motherfuckers run up on you like that?" <laughs> He's like, "Get the heat, cuz." <laughs> I was like, "What?" Yo, this dude ran to the car. And came out with a strap, and we were no. all athletes, bro. We still talk about this. So the fence was like, it was one of them high joints. It was yeah, like 15 yeah. feet high. Yo, if you would have seen how fast all of us got over the fence. And I just remember, oh like, God. running with my shoulders up, you know, like there was no place to go left or right. Just like, ah, like ready for the shots yeah, to fire. Shit. Man, we were, we were fucking out of there out of there they didn't give a shit because we were like a diamond in the rough so basically they built the school i mean i don't know if it was hood when they built the school but all around us was the hood you went like 10 minutes 15 minutes south you got georgetown Mm -hmm. george washington american university but where we were like over the tracks we were still in blackville so all these cats were like oh let's come holler at these fine ass girls but everybody on the campus was like, oh, we're not messing with the, with the locals. So imagine, like, you live here. They come drop this little joint oh with God. all of these spoiled motherfuckers coming yeah, in yeah, to get yeah. their little education. Mm-hmm. The, and you are ostracized from it. You know, you're going to be like, fuck this whole campus. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I totally understood it. Oh, my God. Like, one day, maybe when I do, like, college slumber party, I'll ask more questions. But that's so fascinating to me because... You know, you hear the story, Yale, places like that, right? Like, they're in, like, a bad neighborhood, but it's, like, a, a white privileged school, right? Like, I can't imagine Howard, which is, like, priv- almost privileged black people. Yeah, totally. And you have people who live a block away who are, like, 
fuck these people. It's almost like the black cop that we've talked about. Yes. In almost every. Yeah. You know what I mean? In every. Yeah, in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Even this, in this movie. Yeah. This movie. Yes. And every. Yes. Every yeah. black uh, teen experience movie we've talked about had, has had a black cop experience. Yes. Yo, and it's so real. And like, I was having a conversation with one of my buddies before, with Sarah, with my girlfriend. She said, she's like, how come you never talk about where you went to school? She's like, you never. Like, you never divulge that information. And it's just, like, as a reflex, that just let them, like, you just don't talk about it. Like, one, I don't want to be judged by that. Because don't get it twisted. Like, I had to hustle to get through that motherfucker. I was not smart enough to be at that bitch. Like, they let me in hoping they could convince me to play basketball. <laughs> like, that yeah. was why. <laughs> that was why they let me in. Wow. Yeah. And I was like... Worked. I had fucking nightmares last night, bro. Last night I had a nightmare. I woke up. I had a nightmare. I had like a calculus test in college that I wasn't ready for. Like I still have nightmares about being there. Well, Howard's like what borderline Ivy League almost, yeah. right? Like Howard's like you got a four point GPA out of high school. Yeah, I was like Howard is the top like historically black school in the country. Yeah, and like grade wise, don't get it twisted. I was a bonehead. Like, no, I, I never got that. in. I was like a three, five, three, six. But I remember getting in, and I was literally hanging out with motherfuckers. I was like, I'm sitting there, and this is like oh one, right? So, Cameron, Dipset, <laughs> big jerseys, backwards do rags, and I was talking to people that were like, yeah, motherfucker, this nigga that, this nigga this, and blah 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 blah, and then they would go into the classroom and just. Like a beautiful mind, like some box. And I was just like, "What? That's I awesome. need a tutor. <laughs> what the fuck?" You, you mentioned Dipset. Uh, I felt that way at community college. So, yeah, <laughs> yo, wherever. You mentioned Dipset. We went to a Nick playoff game. We got it by chance, but his brother Nick's have not been in playoffs in a long time, as we know that Nick suck. But. Hey, hey, don't hate. We, uh, we made the playoffs this year. Hell right? yeah. Hey, man, oh, was killing it. Don't question my Knicks fandom. But they made it a big deal. Every halftime show was like a big deal. David Guetta was the first game. But the game we went to, the halftime show, was old school Dipset, which is awesome. And his brother was so mad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, your brother has season tickets. And they would, like Dipset, like Cameron... Like Jim Jones, all oh, the whole crew was there. The yeah. whole crew. Your brother oh, wasn't shit. feeling it. He wasn't having. No, no, he we, wasn't there. Oh, he we, wasn't there. I, my, my, we had my, his tickets. My brother has. He was like, what the my fuck, brother man? has like has um like a thirteen game package to the Knicks or no something shit. like that. He has like some type of season package to the Knicks, not a full season, but so obviously you know they give all those people the playoff tickets first if they want them. So he took them. He went to the first, I think he went to the first two games at home, or the first game, and then he sold the rest of them. And my aunt was supposed, my aunt my my uncle were supposed to go to the one game, and uh, one of them got sick, so last minute, they hit us up. It was like 6 o'clock, they hit me yeah, up. Yeah, for a 7 o'clock game. <laughs> yeah, 7 o'clock game, they go, you want to go to the next game? That's the I was like, yo. That, that's why you live in the city. Yes. You know? Yeah, I was man. like, what do you mean? I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to the Knicks game. The same thing happened to me in 2015, going to the Mets World Series. That's a whole nother, another story. story for another day. But yeah, Ooh. so then we ended up at the Knicks game. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, diplomats so for half. Bad. I'm like, what? Yeah. And, and, and you were like, who are they? I'm like, oh. And if anything, that's I can my tell your age. Like, I can tell if you If anything, age. he's probably the reason I watched this movie. 
he's the reason I listen to like Jay Z and like all old school rap and like all that shit. Like I grew up weird. I, I want to say I mean I guess I grew up kind of weird. Like my my oldest brother listened to old a lot of old school hip hop and was always into that shit. And like he said, like he's around your age, always rocking baggy ass shit and always had the fucking jerseys and shit like uh-huh. that and like you know cause that was that was that time uh-huh. you know uh-huh. and then my other brother was my brother <laughs> brother's gay so it was like i had that and then i had like spice girls so i'm a blend of the <laughs> y'all two. the gambit though yeah, yeah, that's good that's two, good shit i fucking love it because like, that is good shit i don't give a fuck what anybody says like i love J- justin bieber i love pop i love some of this pop shit but then i love some old school Man, hardcore, you like, gotta get it in. dmx like you gotta get rough rider shit like <laughs> you gotta get it, it yeah. i love that but i, I love that. that i had that influence because i got that blend you know? yeah. but yeah like going on the game singing like oh yeah. shit fuck it's the diplomat oh, bro i would have fell out <laughs> oh, that was great besides yeah. the one guy who kept standing up but i couldn't even be mad because he because he was so hyped about the Knicks. Because he was feeling it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every call, everything, he was in it. I was like, all right, I got to stand up too now. That's it, let's go. I just, again, like, I know your brother, obviously, well, he's my cousin too. Yeah. So like, I know your brother, uh, I just imagine him like, oh, man, I got to have to see David Guetta when fucking, <laughs> the, the game I gave up was the, the This girlfriend was so happy that David Guetta was there and everything, <laughs> like. Yeah. I'm, I'm not anti-David Guetta, but like no. that was like your brother's. Like oh, your brother really? grew up in the Iverson era. Iverson was yeah. another person who he's a Knicks fan, and his favorite player is Iverson. Iverson changed the game in terms of he was like the first hip hop player. Like he was another one who was who yeah. was uh, Spike Lee auditioned yeah. Iverson. He just didn't he didn't like show up or whatever. He, he wasn't prepared, is what I read. Yeah. It that was, sounds that's like Iverson. Iverson. that's classic that Iverson. Like Iverson, and that's awesome for Iverson. And it's cool because anybody else would have played a larger role in the movie. I feel like Ray Allen at this at this stage. Yeah, that stage in his You were able to have like Ray Allen and the movie and the blend. But like anybody else that was mentioned would have been too much that player. For sure. And and not enough. Would you imagine if Kobe was the star of this movie? Yeah. We'd be talking about the Kobe movie right right now. Exactly. So my uncle on on my mom's side was one of the bigger influences in my life, took care of us a lot growing up. And he's the one who told me about this movie, and he's the one who told me about Ray Allen. I knew Ray Allen first from this movie before I knew him as a basketball player, which was crazy. Because it was just his rookie year, right? Uh-huh. I might have, too. I might have, too. And that, But that's what like makes this movie to yeah. so much better. Because, again, Kobe, Iverson in this movie, then it's just the fucking Iverson movie. <clears throat> right. It's not what yeah. it became. And look, Ray Allen's a Hall of Famer. But Ray Allen... Ray, if you're listening, I apologize. Ray Allen was never a guy who you were like, holy shit, Ray Allen's on the team. Yeah. Well, I love... I mean, anytime I played video games... But that's not... I love Ray that's Allen not a knock all, all I wanted to do was hit three. So I'm like, yo, give but me exactly. Ray Allen. Let's look, go. And Ray <laughs> Allen today, when, when the game is all about threes, that's a different oh, story. Right? Right, yeah. right now. But at the time, Ray Allen was always... If he's your best player, you're probably not winning a championship. If he's your second or third best player, yeah, that's awesome. And again, best three-point shooter of all time. Again, him, Reggie Miller, people like that were in today's game. They'd be Steph Curry. Right. They'd be superstars. But that's not what it was at the time. Yeah. And Ray Allen had to earn I feel like shit. Reggie Miller could have been a good Jesus Shuttleworth, too. Yeah, like, if it was cool. earlier on. Like, if, if 
if he made this movie well, that was earlier, a, you know? That was yeah. a big thing at the time, because, you know, Reggie Miller and Spike Lee had that feud. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he yeah, has that cameo. Oh, yeah. You look at articles at the time, and they're like, oh, he put <laughs> Reggie in the movie, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> oh, man. So let's get to... I feel like as a shit talker, you respect other shit talkers. Hell, you know? yeah. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. We need more of that in all sports. I agree. Forget about sports and, like, people being, like, Oh, you need to do it for the younger kids and that. No, F that. Your parents should teach you how to act. Not not an athlete or not a celebrity <clears throat> yeah. or whatever. If who, who, Let them be who they want to be. They're there to entertain and make yeah. their money and this and that. Let them fucking entertain. I, I hate loving. that shit. I you hate know that shit. You know what's so funny, man? I'm literally rooting. And this is going to sound fucked up. But, like, as a New Yorker, as someone who respects, like, the game, respects the, the back and forth... I didn't fuck with Trey Young until the fucking Knicks series. Dude, seriously? And honestly, I'm like, I'm sitting here like, man, get this back. Get I'm this with you. Like, back. honestly, like, I hope all you Knicks fans out there don't hate me for saying this, <laughs> but I'm rooting for the Hawks to win yeah, this shit. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. Ice Trey Young, Ice Trey Young, yes. Ice Trey Young yes. let's go. Yeah, like, I love the fact that he came out here, gave garden. us the middle finger pretty much, That's and then backed that. that shit up. Yeah. I want to hate Trey Young, and I hate Trey Young, but I love hating Trey Young. Yeah. Also, that seeing Trey Young live now, oh my god, this motherfucker is so fast. Like oh. that one because we saw him in that playoff game. I never saw him live until that playoff game. Uh-huh. And and to me, like I've seen a lot of sports live, basketball live. I've realized that not that I like I said I was never a good basketball player, but like see, seeing professional athletes that close sometimes in basketball. How fast and how big they are! I'm like, never made it. <laughs> what I ever yeah. thought I had a chance? No, that's what you, you, know? you and I like, are big wow. baseball fans. Baseball players are like the least athletic. Yeah, yeah. Sports, but yeah, Trey Young, great example, right? Because like, we all like Nick fans or New Yorkers hate Trey Young, but we love Trey Young. Yeah, like, if Trey Young was on the Knicks, no oh one's gonna God. admit it. Yes. Hell but yeah. it's true. Like New Yorkers, and especially in basketball, because we come from a culture where. You shit talk, and that's fine. Yeah. Really random story, but like him and I. I was know, literally gonna bring this up if you didn't bring it up right now. With the you and I, after we were just talking about this, but I yeah. don't. You might have been there that weekend, or or whatever. Yeah, I think you were there that weekend. But uh, we went out to Long Island. You know, our friends got a place in Waiting River, and they they had a bunch of oysters, and they were shucking oysters. And I'm chucking oysters. Wait, wait, wait. They, by the way, backdrop real quick. The bougiest story and, and, ever. And, and, by the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be, but it's gonna before come before this happened. You always tell me, oh, I could, I'm the master of shucking. I am oysters. the master of shucking. I'm still the I, master know, of shucking. I oysters. could shuck all these oysters. I did, and I. Did. I mean, you did, but you struggled on a couple. The moment I saw you struggle on one, I was like, Yo, yeah, you well, the master. Well, where you at? Where we going? Look, I don't, brag, I don't brag about it. Let me see you shuck these oysters. Come I'm a on, humble bro. Person. Where you at? I'm a humble person. I'm a self-deprecating person. When it comes to shucking oysters, I am Michael Jordan. I don't know. You might be Scottie <laughs> Pippen, but I'm Michael Jordan regardless. Oh, you might so what are you talking about? The little joint that looks like a screwdriver? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I have scars you got, in my got the glove on and everything. Uh, you got the glove on. Uh, regardless. Stab himself. I shuck an oyster. You're a professional. You yeah, know, it was some of the tougher. diving with they're scuba diving with nothing on and shucking oysters under the water. Regardless. With a nail probably and shit. I'm shucking oysters and he's shit talking me. But I'm cool with it. Right? Like, whatever. Like, I, like there's a couple tough ones. I can't think of how many of my friends, like my Jersey-grown friends, came up to me. 
Is he mad at you? Oh my god. Is he upset? What's his problem? I grew up with that. I love shit talk. I'll shit talk people. They get they cry whatever. But like you know, it's you know a back my, and forth. You know, yo, you know my fit. Well, oh, I don't, my mom's side. I know family. you're not. I know you're not like personally <laughs> no, angry at me. <laughs> like, but like, so I walk through the door, my, my family talking shit. <laughs> you know exactly. I, so what are you wearing? Good. You don't know what an iron is today. What do you, I walk in my home, and my mother's a very nice woman. I walk in my my, my <laughs> mom's home, and she's like, "What have you been eating? Did you gain weight? Should you be wearing that shirt? What are you wearing? Yeah. Get new shoes, Brian." That's like, we grew up in more of a culture of that. Uh, a lot of people who don't. So like I said, like that whole day, so many people were coming up to me like, is he okay? Is he mad at you? Like, what's going on? I'm like, no, that's just how we talk. That shit is so funny. <laughs> that's so real. Yeah, I fucking, I, <laughs> I left the crib today. I was like, yo, it's mad hot. I'm about to wear these fucking sandals out. I don't give a shit. I said, man, let me put some lotion on my feet for these motherfuckers get up in my ass. Oh, she walking on the beach, bruh? <laughs> they come at you. but you know what? I love that about our culture well, and shit because it's one... straight up honesty yeah and hey, you know what you know listen what? it makes you tighter exactly. it makes you keep exactly. your shit tight yeah it makes you keep and you're your like, shit alright maybe you're right and, yeah. I, and if I think you're wrong I have no problem telling you yep. you're fucking wrong get up in but that, it. that's get a good person and then we good and we walk our way both of you know Nicole both of you know Nicole yeah Nicole's very real and that I oh and yeah, Nicole. I, I love it. Nicole's gonna get you beat up one day. Sorry, Nicole. But, 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 <laughs> but not, you think she's listening? She's not listening. That's fine. I would not want to be with someone who's listening to this podcast. To be honest with you, because it's just like that's not me. Like I don't mind. Like if she came in here, she's like, "Oh my goodness, guys, are you working hard on your artistic project?" Like that's not someone who I would. No, she come in and be like, "Shut the fuck up! I'm trying to go to sleep. But I just want to have a shift." Some people don't get that, some people don't understand that, but some people can't take that, and I bring it up because <clears throat> basketball is very much that language, and we see it a lot in this movie, and when you bring it back to uh, Jake Shuttlesworth being like that to his son, he's not doing good because he's an asshole, he's like, you're going to fucking face this, this is your whole life right now, yeah. if you're the top prospect, everyone's going to get in your face, everyone's going to talk shit to you, you're not going to survive the NBA, let alone college. If you're not to have the thickest skin in the world. He gave it to him good too. Did you feel that? Like playing ball and like going through like uh travel ball and all that shit and like going to <clears throat> getting recruited and all that stuff. Did you feel that that pressure? Did you feel like all that on you? Definitely. I was actually wound up and this is gonna sound so fucking corny. But, like, there was, like, an alter ego. Because going to the white school where I literally had to, like, carry this these mother... Like, I wasn't supposed to bring this school to the level that we got to. I was just supposed to... My parents were from, like, a shitty neighborhood in Brooklyn. So I was supposed to just, like, get an education and be safe. But playing and then playing against, like... You know, the Longwoods and the Amityvilles. I remember going back and being, and literally almost like teaching the other cats, like teaching the other kids, like, yo, this is what we're going to be up against. Like, the whole season was getting ready for the three times we're going to play these black schools. <laughs> yo, literally. So, That's awesome. so all practice, it was elbows, it was tripping, it was crazy. And like, the one thing that was cool was like, coach was just like, he was like, cool. 
Like he's getting them, yeah, he's yeah, getting yeah. them ready. Yeah. Um, and like, I was always getting harped on. The, the worst thing, I still get this thing in my stomach. Like I almost just didn't say it just now. But like Carlton Banks. Ooh. So that was the nickname. They was calling me Carlton Banks. Oh. But the black players on the other teams. They was calling me Carlton Banks. Oh my because God. they knew like they no, knew you that, were the only... that I was from there. Yeah. And then I went out. You were like the only black kid on yeah. that team. And they was like, oh my, God. oh my God. And to this day, to this day, like Did you shit on them though? What's that? Did you shit on them? Man, they got us most of the time. Oh. <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie, they got us most of the time. They just they were just too deep. So what were you saying to this day? So I was like, if, I was like, if you shit it on them, uh, you just have to whip that Carlton out, you know? Man, I uh, could. I would have been dying for that moment. And I did once or twice. I did once or twice, but they were just, they were just too deep. But yeah, to this day, like, people won't even say it as a joke. Like one time, one of my buddies was like, he's like, man, he's like, get your Carlton ass out of here. Here I am, a fucking grown up. <laughs> and I was like. <sighs> Like felt oh, this man. heat come through me, you know? Yeah, it was crazy. I feel like when you try to push kids that hard, like as a kid, you don't understand all that shit sometimes. Yeah. When people are pushing you and for the reasons why they're trying to push you, but you're, yeah. you know, you're a kid, you don't know. Yeah, and you're just like, man, what the fuck? <laughs> I got this test that I can't pass. I'm fucking chasing after this girl who I don't know if she likes me. I'm worrying about my clothes. Like, should I be wearing? Fucking boss or Jankos, <laughs> you know, like mm. Jankos. trying to get it all figured out. Damn, back again, uh, on track again. Two G around the bend. Some of y'all black again. It got dark on your mark. Get set, out of sight, out of mind. Hypocrites forget, like marionettes. Dreams in the back like nets. The chosen one who fucking laughed himself to death. Lack of rhymes, meaningless punchlines. Battle for your mind, like Israel and Palestine. That's of course Public Enemy off the He Got Game soundtrack. That was just part one of a two-parter, actually. I thought it would be a good time to end at Kirkland's Dream. Kirk, Pumpkin, and I had so much fun talking He Got Game for the Black Teen Experience that we talked for over three hours, and I figured you did not want to hear a three-hour podcast today. So what we're going to do is we're going to split this in two. Part two will be out next Friday, a week from today. Hope you listen to that as well. Hope you're having as much fun as we are talking this great Spike Lee movie. With the NBA Finals on, we thought it was super, super appropriate to talk this film, considering it is a basketball movie starring a former NBA champion, Ray Allen. Don't worry, part two is going to be loads of fun. Love having Kirkland here for the Black Teen Experience, and Cousin Pumpkin is always welcome. Another surprise, though, for part two, we'll get... The update of Cousin Pumpkin's tattoo, his goofy movie tattoo that was voted on by you slumberers. He gets it next week unless something goes wrong. So you'll get the audio update. Maybe I'll have him on for a couple extra minutes to talk about the experience. Oh my God, I'm so excited. This has been a long time coming, a year and a half for this tattoo. So yeah, (laughs) looking forward to this so much, so much. So tune in next Friday here on the Cage Club Podcast Network. Stitcher, also Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And remember, you could always check out our social media. Speaking of social media, 
check that out this weekend because we, I say we, Kyle and I, Kyle Rantry, the Foodie Films Man, we are here on San Emilio Island. And yes, you'll notice that I will be going to the mainland to do some episodes here and there. Kyle will be holding down the fort. He's just partying. He's in the pool right now. And he'll be making drinks, and I'll be making drinks with him. And occasionally, we'll film those drinks. Last weekend, we had that strawberry daiquiri video. This weekend, if he can get to editing, if he's not too hungover, we'll do another one. So definitely check that out on social media. Obviously, tune in next Friday, like I said. But Monday, we have another episode. Fear Street is still going on. Fear Street 2 dropped today, part 2, 1978. Kate Hudson and I are going to talk about it. She's a Fear Street expert, but truth be told... I think she's a little disappointed with the movies. Too much horror, not enough Fear Street. Will Fear Street 2 change her mind? Find out on Monday. Here's the trailer. Hello? It's not over. You are our last chance. How do we end this? You have to go back. To 1978. The first day of camp. Like blood. Do you have a better idea? Maybe. Who are you? Nick Good. Bad things always happen to shady siders. You feel it, don't you? There's something holding us down. Who's seen us? Run. One way or another, you're gonna die tonight. There it is. It's not just a diary, it's a map. I'm not letting you die. My sister's still out there. Go, go, go! We can end this. You! You swore. It's becoming a habit. I'll survive. I will survive. Oh, baby. I'm excited. This summer is super fun. Love editing from the pool. Love editing from the beach. Love setting up my schedule there. San Emilio Island is awesome. But most importantly, I love talking to my guests. And you know I love talking to Kate Hudson. So Fear Street Part 2, 1978. That's what we're doing on Monday. Watch it. Unofficial homework this summer. I remember one more thing, guys. Life moves pretty fast. And if you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. Thanks again for supporting the Black Teen Experience and High School Slumber Party. Later, dudes. Yeah, that's right. This cut goes out to all y'all that's been missing us for mad years. One love, yo. Yeah, that's right. He's got game. If man is the father, the son is the center of the earth. In the middle of the universe, then why is this verse coming six times rehearsed? Don't freestyle much, but I write them like such. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.